Welcome to r slash pro revenge, where OP breaks up a family to get his revenge. Our next Reddit post is from Neither Glove. I'm a 35-year-old man, and I have a younger brother, Todd, who's 29. He had a complicated birth and had to stay a month in the intensive care unit, and because of that, my parents have always doted on him and denied him nothing, even if that was to the detriment of my sister Abby and I. My brother loves the attention and has on more than one occasion made himself the center of attention at either my, my sister's, or a cousin's special event. Because of this, Abby and I have a strained relationship with Todd and our parents. Unfortunately, Todd met and fell in love with Lucy, who's 24. Lucy announced her own pregnancy at the baby shower my mom held for Abby. When I proposed to my wife, Michelle, I just wanted to elope, but she really wanted her family to be there, so I invited my family out of obligation. My best man, Jim, noticed a receipt from a jewelry store sticking out of Todd's pocket. Jim confronted Todd about it, which led to an argument. Jim told me everything, and I told Todd that he was no longer going to be a groomsman because I knew that he was going to propose at my wedding. Todd cried to our parents, which led to a blowout. In my parents' eyes, since Todd never admitted that he was going to propose to Lucy at my wedding, I was unfairly judging him. I refused and brought up Todd's past behavior. My parents couldn't refuse this and got Todd to agree to not try anything at my wedding. This wasn't enough to convince me to let him be a groomsman, but I warned him that if, as a guest, he'd try anything, I would make him regret it. Fast forward to the wedding, and surprise, surprise, Todd walked over to Lucy and proposed to her during Michelle's father-daughter dance and did it in a way so that everyone would notice. Cue my revenge. Jim and I had hired a woman to pretend to be Todd's side piece who cornered Todd and Lucy and claimed that she was pregnant with his baby. Todd denied this, but when she called his phone, I gave her his number and messed with Todd's phone to incriminate him, and it did not look good. Lucy threw the ring back at Todd and left in tears. When Todd saw the smile on my face, he knew that it was me, and I didn't respond to a single call or text from him or my parents until after the honeymoon. Lucy has thrown Todd's stuff out and has been denying access to their kid. Todd is furious and demanding that I clear his name. I sent him a text saying that I had no idea what he was talking about, as well as a screenshot as a bill for the wedding and gave a vague message demanding reimbursement of half the wedding costs. My wife knew the whole time what I was planning, and she gave me the green light after Todd ruined her moment with her dad. So I felt pretty good about it, but now Abby thinks that I went too far. Pretty harsh to destroy a family in the pursuit of your revenge, OP. I have to admit that Todd had this coming, but did Lucy and their unborn child have this coming? Eh, probably not. I'm not judging you, OP. I'm just saying, jeez, you broke up an entire family just to get back at your brother. That is cold. Our next Reddit post is from Hooked on Phone. If you've never heard of the US EB-5 visa program, then don't worry, I had neither. From what little research I've done, it's essentially a program where foreign nationals can fast-track U.S. residency visa status by contributing financially to approved community investment projects. I don't think the specifics are that relevant. So, when my husband and I were still dating and first looked for a place to live together, we settled on a small townhouse. It was old and needed work, but the rent was reasonable and it was in a neighborhood that we liked. 
The landlord had recently purchased the property but didn't live there and wanted renters to help pay for the mortgage, I assume. We found the house on a realty website. It had been sold less than a month before we moved in and it still had photographs posted by the seller. This will be important later. We liked the place, applied, and got accepted. We moved in and lived happily ever after. The end. No, but seriously, the landlord left us alone, we lived there for a few years, paid rent on time, never had any issues, until we moved out. When we moved in, we had to pay nearly $5,000 in refundable security deposits, and when we moved out, our landlord repaid only half. We were confused, as the lease laid out the steps the landlord had to take in order for them to keep the deposits. Central to that requirement, the landlord had 45 days to provide us with an itemized list of damages that we caused, as well as the cost to fix each thing. 45 days came and went, and we never got an itemized list. So we contacted them and asked them for the list. We received a mostly blank one-page invoice for 2500 bucks to repaint, remove TV mounts, patch holes, etc., it wasn't itemized and there were no individual charges, so we asked for pictures of the alleged damages. The landlord immediately got hostile and refused, so we filed suit. The landlord hired an attorney to represent him, and the attorney submitted an itemized list as well as pictures. We printed date-stamped copies of the photos posted by the previous realtor. The same photos submitted by the landlord's clueless lawyer. The clerk overseeing the matter found in our favor immediately. Because the landlord had lied about the photographic evidence, the landlord was also found to be in breach of contract and was assessed treble damages, plus interest, penalties, and court costs. Yay for us! But he didn't pay, so we submitted the claim to a collection agency. We eventually recovered most of the final judgment, so we were happy and left it at that. Until... Unbeknownst to us, the landlord was an EB-5 applicant. Apparently, the breach of contract, him going into collections, and the shenanigans surrounding the dishonesty regarding the lawsuit made it back to whoever was reviewing their visa application. The landlord's visa application was denied. He ended up having to cash out of his U.S. investments, and he won't be eligible for this visa again. The final outcome was an unintended consequence, but I kind of feel like he got what he deserved. Our next Reddit post is from Caustic Apathy. My family lived in a house that was owned by, according to one of my family members, benevolent landlords. They lived there for two years on lease. The lease expired, so they started living there on a month-to-month -month basis. My family member who lived there was named Mary, and her husband, John, suggested they renew their lease. But Mary was convinced that they had established a relationship of trust with the landlord, so she insisted there was no need to do so. This was their first mistake. Sometime after, there was a storm that knocked over a relatively flimsy and, frankly, hideous chain-link fence that was built around the house. Now, because Mary and John kept important things in their yard, they needed that fence. The landlords were looking around for contractors to rebuild the fence, but John had an idea that he felt would be beneficial for everyone. See, John and Mary really loved that house, and they were hoping to someday buy it off the landlord's hands. So, John suggested that he build the fence instead. He would only charge for the materials required, and he would provide the labor at no cost under one important condition. The landlords must promise that they had no intention of selling the house. Our landlord, Benny, not only promised John that the house wouldn't be sold anytime soon, but even went as far as saying that they would only ever consider selling the house to John and Mary. 
And so, a deal was made. John would rebuild the fence more beautiful than it had ever been before, and Benny and the other landlord would ensure that John and Mary would keep living in that house, enjoying the fruits of their labor, until the day that the landlords finally decided to sell the house to them. John and Benny agreed upon the fence's dimensions and material. They decided on wood and decided the fence would be built fairly tall. John bought the materials and Benny paid John for the expenses. Halfway through building the fence, John asked Benny about whether he wanted certain changes in the backyard that would, along with the fence, make the land value skyrocket. Benny said that he would love these changes. Now, this next part is important. John looked Benny in the eye and said, If you have any intention of selling this house to someone other than us, tell us now and I'll stop the entire project. I am only interested in building this under the condition that I will get to enjoy it. Benny responded equally clearly. You and your family will get to enjoy this home indefinitely. Feel at ease and do whatever you want with this yard. And so the fence was finished and it was beautiful. This is the part where I come in. I came to visit my family and I helped them finish the fence and clean up the yard. I wasn't particularly happy about the terms of this agreement, but there was nothing that could be done about it now. Now comes the part where my family gets screwed. Hard. Not so much as one week after the fence was built, Mary gets a call from the other landlord, Jane. Jane tells Mary that something unexpected has occurred. You see, her niece is currently on the market for a house, and she really wanted to see this particular house. Mary can feel herself getting upset, so she asks Jane how this could be. The fence was only just finished, and they're considering selling the house already? Jane assures Mary that their niece will most likely not want the house, but that she has to let her see it. Very well. I'm not sure about the details of what happened shortly after, but it seems that Jane's niece didn't like the given price of the house, which was now more valuable than it was before, so she chose not to buy it. Bullet dodged, right? If only. Benny came to visit John and Mary was something they had always wanted. Suddenly, the landlords wanted to sell the house, and they made an offer to my family. Now, my family is not wealthy, and they would have preferred to have been told well in advance of the intention to sell. Nonetheless, the offer they presented wasn't unfair, and my family said yes. Excellent. But as soon as my family approved the purchase of the house, Benny came back with a change. The landlords no longer wanted to sell the house at the original price. Instead, the price they had in mind had now skyrocketed to roughly the same price as the most expensive house in the area. A price that John and Mary could no longer afford, and certainly more than the house was actually worth. That's not the worst of it, though. Suddenly, the landlords had to sell the house immediately. John told Benny, we had a deal. Benny responded that they suddenly needed the money because of some family member's needs. Later on, the story changed to them no longer needing the money. Then, it was Jane who needed the money because of some other piece of completely fabricated BS. The point was, they wanted to sell the house now to line their pockets. But they could never stick to a single excuse. Again, John told Benny that they had a deal. Benny's response, I don't remember that. We never got anything in writing, so we never had a deal. Later, Jane told me, A verbal agreement doesn't mean sh**. Unfortunately, in the eyes of the law, nothing could be proven. We couldn't force them to sell the house to my family at the original price, and we couldn't force them to let my family keep living there. 
All right, thought my family, then just pay us for the labor that we put into the fence. This wasn't ideal, since they now needed to leave the home that they lived in for quite some time, but they knew the house wasn't theirs, and they weren't going to put up a fight over it. At this point, they just wanted to get paid for their labor. Naturally, Benny and Jane didn't want to pay. My family members needed that money. Given that they were getting kicked out on such short notice, the money was needed to find a new place to live. Benny and Jane, however, insisted they'd always been fair with rent, and they simply didn't owe my family, legally. I told Benny and Jane that we would just take things to court and have a judge decide. Given the fear of court, Benny and Jane decided that they would pay my family, but that the labor for this beautiful fence just wasn't worth much more than the materials it was made of. The labor couldn't possibly be that much, they reasoned. Also, they would only pay for the labor of the fence, not for the rest of the work that was done to the yard. Well, everyone decided to get an estimate. The average we got was $3,000 for the labor. Benny and Jane managed to get one estimate from one of their family members at $350. What a joke! The day that we had to leave arrived, and Benny and Jane paid my family far less than what the labor was actually worth. My family left. We lost. We lost so much. We put so much effort into building this fence with the intention of getting to enjoy having it. All that just to have it taken away and to barely even get paid for the labor. To get screwed over by these two douchebags. This was unacceptable to me. We couldn't win anymore, but I didn't want them to win either. So, the revenge. I read up on fences. I learned far too much about what was and wasn't allowed when it came to fences. I memorized every effing rule. I learned when permits were and weren't needed. I learned what the allowed dimensions were. I learned about whether fences needed finish. Oh boy, the things I learned about fences. I learned that you don't need a permit if your fence gets damaged, so long as you're rebuilding the exact same fence. But this new fence was wood, and the old fence was chain link. I learned that the fence had to be painted, but this one wasn't. I learned that fences had a very specific height limit, one that this fence violated. These people were so happy to stick to the letter of the law when it came to screwing over my family, so I decided that I, too, would stick to the letter of the law. Somehow, the county found out that the fence was unpermitted, unpainted, and far too tall. Shortly after the county found this out, Benny and Jane got a visit from the county right before they managed to sell the house at their obscene price. Wouldn't you know it, their fence was built illegally. Now, sometimes you can just get a permit after the fact, but their fence wasn't allowed to be built the same way that it was. They didn't have any plans, any inspection, or any of the other things the county required. So, the fence had to come down. My family got a very angry call. The landlords accused my family of never getting a permit, something that my family literally couldn't do, given that it wasn't their property. Besides, it was the landlords who assumed that no permit was needed, and my family knew nothing about how permits worked. So, the fence had to be torn down. There goes the money they saved by not paying my family. And they lost their prospective buyer. There goes all the money they wanted to make. Also, the land value of the house went down. There goes the price point they wanted to sell the house at. And finally, they had to build a new fence, since no one would want to live in a house that didn't have some sort of fencing. Looks like they have to pay for a new fence, labor and all, from an actual contractor. 
we didn't win, but neither did they. So F you. Well, OP, you said that you both lost, but they definitely lost more than you did. Because what you lost was the price of labor in building the fence, but they lost the materials and the materials again for building the fence and the labor and the loss in price value for the house that they were trying to sell. So just sort of estimating, I'd say that your family lost about $3,000, but they lost probably north of 10 k depending on how much the house was worth. So yeah, it's like a lose-lose situation, but they definitely lost more than you did. That was our slash pro revenge. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.